0: Welcome to today's show on Raza. I'm your host, Grace Hopper. In order for you to move forward with your life, you have to let go of your past. You cannot change it. You have to be able to forgive. This is Shirina Elias's reasoning when it comes to putting the years of trauma and abuse behind her. And moving on. In order to live a positive and affirmative life for herself, her family and the others she wishes to help. When it comes to the perpetrators who wronged her, she found the energy to forgive them through her belief in what she refers to as a higher power. Although it took many years before she could actually trust in her own faith. Due to years of being subject to sexual, mental, emotional and physical abuse, which in turn led to alcohol and drug addiction. Sharina's strength is in no small part due to her realisation that in many ways she was very fortunate to be alive, unlike many of the people she knew who didn't survive their ordeals. With me today is the fabulous and graceful Sharina Ilias. She's an entrepreneur. Mother and author, welcome, Sharina. Thank you, Grace.
1: Thank you for having me on board.
0: Lovely to have you here. So, can you kindly tell us a bit about yourself and what you've been doing?
1: Yes, of course. So, um, I'm a mother of seven children, and um, in a nutshell, I've worked myself up to be um, a woman. or as an entrepreneur but it wasn't always smooth uh went through some rocky waters and um studied hard got a few little degrees here and there and um got my dream job realized I didn't want my dream job wanted to work for myself and that's it in a
0: nutshell grace okay fantastic that's good to know thank you so what's the difference you you, when we talked um you said you've gone through some kind of abuse as a child yes so um can you let us into that a bit
1: yes of course so um it's it's not a a pretty story I've had um sexual mental emotional and physical abuse um my abuse started from the age of five when my innocence was first taken um I I've got I want to try and keep it as PG as possible. I don't want to go into detail because I know that this is your um but just just saying it in a, in an, another nutshell. So my abuse started at the age of five and it was um sexual abuse, uh when my innocence was taken. And then that happened quite a few times repetitively with a few different men, some family members and some not. Um, I wasn't the only one. Me and my sister both went through the same ordeal, sadly to say. She's three years older than me. So we had that, but then we also had to deal with um, physical abuse, being beaten quite regularly. At the time, we used to blame our parents, but as we got older, we realised why our it's no it's no excuse, but we realised why our parent was doing this. And this was mainly because our parent was also having having a lot of difficulties. I don't know. You already know, Grace, that I'm half Pakistani and half Jamaican. My yes. mom should have gone off and got an arranged marriage with um, um, a Pakistani man. And she didn't. She married. She didn't marry. She went off with my father, who married her best friend. So she had a lot of bitterness and basically took it out on us. She did the best she could. I'm not here to scorn my mother, God rest her soul. She's no longer with us, you know, but she did the best she could. But f- for me, it wasn't the right way to bring up a child. I hope that answers your question.
0: Yes, it does. So sorry to hear this. It's, um, it's okay. And may her soul rest in peace, like you said. I'm still I'm struggling to kind of. Um, Grabs, you know the 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 the, the magnitude of mm. what you must have gone through with your sister as well. I went through um, abuse myself, but it was when I was, you know, an adult. So I can imagine at the age of five you were so tender, you knew nothing. You were you were very young. You were just a child. Yeah. So was your sister. She was just eight. And then your innocence was brutally taken away. It's it's a lot to take it.
1: It was hard. Um, it took many, many years for me to be able to forgive my perpetrators because I didn't for a very long time. And because of that, I used drugs and alcohol to block so much stuff out. And that damaged me. But I've got a permanent twitch now that I have to live with for the rest of my life it doesn't always show, but because of me abusing my body in a way to kind of
0: cloud and block out the past, it was the only yeah. way I knew how. Um, you were trying to numb the pain.
1: Yeah, that's you've hit it in the you've hit it on the spot. I was trying to numb that pain, and I was angry at the world and everybody. Uh, trust issues was the big big number for me I couldn't trust anybody that I still have t- I still have a little bit of struggle with the trusting part Yeah. but um, as for forgiving my perpetrators I forgave them years ago and that's mm-hmm. when I realised I was free was able to let go of the past and be able to look and see that there's a light so when people say they can't Keeping in mind, this abuse didn't just stop at five. It carried up until I was sixteen. Hmm. Six, well, seventeen was my last. Um,
0: That's a long time. Um,
1: seventeen was my last. The, re- the when I was seventeen, it was it was hard because when I was raped at six between sixteen and seventeen, I was actually when I was raped with the sixteen year gap the 16 year stage I was three months pregnant with my first son and I was raped when I was three months pregnant with my by my step-uncle
0: oh no Mm.
1: so that was that was um a hard that was um I think that was more it was harder to swallow that kind of pill because because I was pregnant, I feared my mother and I didn't want to tell her, so I carried that burden, that secret until it got to a point where I was gonna start to show and being pregnant at sixteen. And still trying to finish my studies at school before going on to college. It was a secret, one of the secrets, trying to keep, I don't know what I was thinking, Grace, because trying to keep that kind of secret, knowing I would soon, I would would be showing sooner or later, but I had Mm -hmm. to tell my mum. So when I did tell her, because she's so strict, I got kicked out. So I was homeless at 16 and pregnant. Um... But I was staying at my uncle's house because I told him and I trusted him. That's why I believe my trust was broken. Mm. Again, because my trust was broken so many times. Yes. But again, it was broken. And when I told him,
0: obviously... You you expected him to, I mean, take care of you as an uncle and make sure he's shielding you from this kind of thing. Mm. Not knowing he was going to be the one perpetrating it basically yeah exactly
1: okay so with regards to my step-uncle i actually didn't tell my mother until four years later um what he had done to me when i was three months pregnant i had to come clean about my pregnancy to my mom, um around three to four months because i started to show um within that time that's when she kicked me out onto the street and I went to go and stay with my auntie who um, the fantastic auntie. She's not um, a blood relative but she, we all called her auntie, auntie Jill. So yeah, amazing lady by the way. So that's what happened. I suppose the sad thing is, is that with my step-uncle I am i wasn't the first or the last and I only mm-hmm. found this out funny enough recently.
0: Oh, no. You know,
1: he's been doing this for uh, quite a quite a while with a few um young females were they always relatives um I don't know in depth um I know he um tried it with my sister I mean I I have held a lot of bitterness in the past because when my sister went through it I felt why didn't you warn me but you still left me to go there Hmm and you know what I mean didn't say or warn me about anything but then there's a lot of bitterness around that because when I was 17 after my child was born I got raped again I felt like I was am I attracting this is it me is it me
0: Hmm. when I
1: got raped again it was my sister's um ex-partner she asked me to have him stay in my place. She begged me to have him stay in my place because he had nowhere to go after he was released from prison. But years later, I didn't realise he was in prison for rape.
0: So It's like a vicious cycle. It it, it really is,
1: yeah. Vicious cycle. Yeah. And you question yourself. Is it you? Is it you? Are you attracting this? It wasn't just my, you know, my body being taken, uh, being abused in in such a way, it was. You start to question yourself: Is it? Is it you? Is it you? You know, what? What? Why me? Am I attracting something? What's going on? So you start to question yourself,
0: you, and hence, sorry, go ahead. Yes, you said something that was quite poignant. You said your sister didn't warn you. So I, when you said that, something clicked. Now I said to myself, maybe she was ashamed to divulge what had happened to her did you any, ever have any discussion about this with her
1: yeah yeah we did um because i well in my book it explains obviously i have to protect the names in my book and in my yeah. book um our stepfather at the time um he read my book and he's the one who actually mentioned it to my sister that this step uncle, because it was his friend, and he was he knows that he was done for this by other girls, but he mm. didn't realize that he would tampered with us. Mm. But I I believe you're right. You've hit um you've you've hit um a point there where I believe my sister was ashamed. She didn't know how to speak because she said he tried it with her, and then she drew back her comment. So there's something, everybody deals with abuse differently. So my abuse is dealt with differently to my older sister. And how we deal with it is, I believe, is a coping mechanism, whether it's the right way or the wrong way.
0: Did you seek for professional help when this happened much later in the year?
1: Yeah, I, I was peeled like an onion when I had to go into rehab. Because that's when I realized it was either prison or rehab. I was given the option uh, when I was stood up in court for um, one of the crimes because I was I did so many crimes, grace, you know, and an opportunity came along because my probation officer took one look at me and said, "You need help. You don't need prison, you need help. How does mm-hmm. rehab sound? Because by this time I was between four to five stone in weight, so I was very bony. Um, I said, oh, rehab, rehab would be great. And I had no intention of cleaning myself up. I just didn't want to go to prison. Mm. But it was in rehab where I learned about myself. And it was in rehab where that's where I got the professional help from some fantastic counsellors. Okay. Um, they were brilliant. They were brilliant. And this was in Plymouth. This was deep down in Plymouth, Devon. Um, And these rehabilitation centres, I just recently found out they've been closed down for about nine years, seven to nine years. I didn't even know because I wanted to go back there and do some voluntary for other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I didn't realise that they'd closed that down. That was that was so hurtful to hear. So it was rehab professional counsellors that helped me get back on my feet and AA and NA meetings. Mm -hmm. And I'd been doing that for over 20 years thank
0: you so much for sharing this
1: you're welcome grace thank you for having me thank you
0: it's my pleasure so what is the difference between child abuse and child neglect
1: okay so for, for me child abuse could be a number of things physical emotional mental sexual whereas with child neglect you've been forgotten about you're not being fully looked after you're you're Um, Neglect to me is um, There's a lot of areas Missing for a child to receive Whether it's food, clothing Sleep, deprivation Whatever it is, that child is not getting it So neglect is For me, is where Child neglect for me is where The child's not being fully Fully looked after Whereas Abuse can come in so many forms Child abuse For me is like I said, uh, physical, emotional, and mental and psychological abuse. So neglect is more not just being forgotten about, but just not being looked after, just being left, being left, basically. I hope that answers your question.
0: <laughs> yes, it does. It's like being left on your own yeah. to you know do whatever you like with your with yourself, exactly. so to speak. Yeah. Okay. So what are the adverse effects um in the person being abused? Um
1: the adverse effects can that can come about in so many different ways. Some people tend to go the opposite and become stronger within themselves, and other people, like I was explaining earlier, don't know how to deal with it and end up on drugs and alcohol and continue abusing their self to um cloud to numb the pain, like what you were saying earlier. <laughs> and the uh, another adverse effect that I've actually, because I, I study this and uh, work with people as well with this mm. uh, familiar background, okay. they end up becoming a perpetrator themselves.
0: Hmm.
1: And they end up actioning exactly what they had gone through, but they're actually as an adult now.
0: Okay. So it's like they grow from the childhood trauma they've gone through and then when they get into adulthood play out what they've experienced basically exactly um for me i was
1: very very when over when numbing the pain when i'd got past that part of numbing the pain and i'd clean my act up i had um my other children because it was my first son that suffered and experienced a lot of um disturbing behaviors because i hadn't dealt with myself first okay. so um i think with me when i had my other children i was very protective i didn't want to leave them alone i didn't i didn't trust anybody with them they weren't allowed to go and have sleepovers
0: especially if there was a male in the house you know yeah yeah, you were kind of safeguarding them in a way because you didn't want them to experience what you've gone through.
1: Yes, a bit. I was too overprotective, so to speak. So I didn't, like I said, I I speak, I you know, I work with people with the same f- familiarities that I can relate to, and some of them have become perpetrators, and some of them have become like how I have become, and that's overprotected of your child or children because you don't want
0: what's out there to be repeated you know when you said you were a bit of a protective mm-hmm. do you think it's detrimental to the children yes
1: because children should be children and they should they're innocent they are innocent they they learn from us we learn from them okay um but when a child's innocence is taken that's something you can never get back that's true. so that's why it's not fair when my children where they could have had good sleepovers when they were younger and they didn't experience that because of my own personal mental state of mind. Even though I've given my perpetrators, when a child's innocence is taken, it can never be brought back. So for me, it was prevention's better than cure.
0: Have you ever had any discussion with your older children? You know, oh yeah! Oh
1: gosh, yeah! I speak to them openly. I'm an open book, Grace. They know everything. They've experienced, not experienced. They know everything of my past, and they are more than. I'm, I'm, I'm open. I speak yes. openly. I speak mm-hmm. openly about sex as well because they have to know mm. the dangers. They have to be aware. Um, Aware, exactly. They have to know. So I'm very open and they know a lot about my past.
0: And you think that is helpful to them, beneficial to them, so that they would know how to behave around people, so to speak, uh, well, I, yeah. male, 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 male gender? Well, I hope so.
1: <laughs> we'll soon okay. find out. My oldest is 30, my youngest is nine. Okay, so. all
0: right. <laughs> We'll find out. (laughs) Okay. So what are the remedies necessary for bringing about um, healing? What's helped me is meditation. Okay. Praying.
1: I believe in prayer. It took many years before I believed in praying. I've always believed in a higher power because I shouldn't be here, Grace, but I am. Hmm. So I thank the the higher power that I'm still here, alive and well. Because I've experienced and seen too many deaths. Hmm. When um, you said
0: you've you've seen too many deaths, mm-hmm. can you elaborate? Is it in relation to what you've gone through, or people yes. who use drugs and alcohol? Well, yeah, it's
1: it's who used drugs, and because I was kidnapped for two weeks, and in this place where I was kidnapped and held, for two, and held for two weeks. I didn't understand about decomposing the, the body and how it smelled. There was an awful smell. And because I was kept in the basement for the first week, the smell started to, it, it came down into the basement. Hmm. Uh, when I came up to the middle floor, eventually there was a body that was just, it was just, it was, it was surrounded by fluid. It looked awful. It was reeking. Everybody was stepping over it like it was a, a, a mat. You know, and she'd been lying there, I believe, for about a week before somebody decided to move her um she had overdosed, so this was a what is known now as trap houses back in the days were called crack houses
0: okay
1: so, you so when kept... I was kidnapped um not going into the detail, mm. but how I was kept there um it was a situation where. People would come in it was it was owned it wasn't owned by the drug dealer, but he had rented space there because the person who owned the property was um a heavy drug user okay, so the stench of the body it was my first experience of seeing a body the smell and the decomposing of the body all the liquid was coming out from all it just it was just surrounded by fluidy oh, it was awful. So that was just one of
0: many. Wow, you've gone through a lot though. hmm When you said you were kidnapped, mm-hmm. uh, what led to the kidnap? Were you at home? Or no, what happened shopping?
1: was what happened was um I was with another person, God rest her soul, because she's now no longer here. Yeah. With another person, and we were both using drugs and cutting a very long story short again she tried to sell me to the crack dealer to get more crack but I didn't know this until when we was leaving and they the guys said I'm not going anywhere and I was like uh what do you mean I come with my friend she was a friend god rest her soul because you don't do that and I was wasn't allowed to leave and what he was doing he was trying to groom me to become a prostitute, to work for him, to support my habit. It didn't happen because in the second week when he went to go and buy his lump sum of drugs, there's it's known as security at the door and that security involved two to three guys mm. and they would have a plank at the top of the door, a plank at the bottom of the door. Anybody that wanted to come in or go out, they couldn't without these guys removing those planks. Whether they were coming to buy or they weren't we wanted to buy some more drugs
0: okay.
1: Cutting a very long story short we entered into this house she had the money she's the one who bought we both used she even put her car up for rental as well so before I was on the list her car was up for rental and I said why would you do that we need to get around she said I oh, don't know but I need more because when you're when when you're a drug addict, most drug addicts are on class A drugs, it doesn't matter what you have. If you have it, you want to you, you just want your drug of choice. Okay. How old were you then? Uh I was I was between nineteen and twenty one. Okay. Yeah, I was between nine sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, ninety. Yeah, I was between nineteen and twenty one. I can't remember the exact age. Okay. But um so we went to this house. But when we went to this house, because first it was her TV, she just got rid of her TV. She got rid of her her house has been emptied through selling whatever she could to provide our habit because we'd run out of money. Now, when we got to this house, we both walked in. All I remember is walking in and just not coming out straight away, but I remember her coming back and she couldn't believe I was still there. But she, she literally, I don't know what conversation they had, because she would go off, she would get the drugs in the basement area with this guy, the main drug dealer. But what had happened is he told me, because when I tried to leave with her, all she said as she looked back at me is, sorry. And then she continued walking. I'm like, what? And there was two guys at the door. Because, yeah, it's, it's two doors. To get to this property, that you've got the, the main door, the front door, and you've got a second door you have to go through. So the second door, um, basically, they just wouldn't let me leave. And I was like, well, my friend's just gone. And they said, yeah, she can go, but you can't. And within that that time, all I remember is the main drug dealer spoke to me. And he said, oh, she didn't tell you. And I said, tell me what? Oh, you're mine now. I was like, okay, um, I don't understand. Yeah, you're mine. and. He got a woman. He beat the living crap out of her in front of me. And he said, if I try to leave, that will happen to me. That was game over for me. I didn't realise that when he was saying that I'm his now, all the women that were coming there were prostitutes. And he was grooming me or trying to groom me to become a prostitute. So he would give me very little amounts of crack cocaine knowing I want more and more and more. And he would say, you know, the best way to go and get more is to go out there, go and work for it. And I'll give you the fattest piece of crack you could ever imagine. I never never got to that point. I never got to that point because I wasn't eating as well. So within that time of two weeks, I met these other prostitutes because he was not just a drug dealer. He's basically a pimp because he had these prostitutes supporting his business but I met some really amazing women, the youngest being 15, who hated her life. And I, when I heard her story, it was it was it was heartbreaking. She was a prostitute. Uh, she lost her son, and she was telling me her story. And I thought, oh, I ain't got it bad. And she was she would she would cry often. She said she hates her life now. How old How old was she? She was 15. 15. She looked 12, but she was 15. I met so many prostitutes there, were lovely women, lovely. People look at drug addicts and just see a crackhead. But these are people. So I learned a lot from these women when they would tell me their stories, how they mm. became a crackhead, how they became a heroin addict. Mm. Because you name it, I tried it. My main drug of choice was crack, but I tried heroin. I tried everything. I just didn't inject. I had to get out. How I got out, would you like to know? Or am, yes, I, am please. I, I don't want to overrun one- yeah yes please okay, so there was there was more there was either two to three guys at the door, and there was a plank at the top of the door and a plank at the bottom of the door that was for people coming in and out, and I think i would be i believe would be if we would got raided by the police because it was illegal a lot of illegal activities happening in this place. That's when I first experienced that dead body as well well, he had to go and get some more drugs. But the two guys at the door, it was the first time I saw that door, there was nobody there. But the living room was full of users.
0: Okay.
1: Now, because there was all the curtains were closed and stapled to the wall, I didn't know what, after the second week, I didn't know if it was daylight or not. I didn't because these curtains were thick and you just didn't know. It was We were just using the lights in the house, in the property. Mm. So I didn't even know what time it was. But... What happened was there was nobody at the door.
0: Okay.
1: And one of the guys, because the living room was dark, but one of the guys was like, yo, where are you going? I'm not going to shop. Do you want anything? I'm gonna go and get Rinslow and blah, blah, blah. I wasn't going to shop. Grace, I just wanted to get out. I just wanted to get out. He's like, no, 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 no. Just get me a pack of I can't remember what he said, but I thought that was it. So my heart was thumping. My heart was thumping. All the way, the planks went on the door because the guys weren't there to put them on. So I just had to and I everything seemed difficult. I tried just to turn the lock. Seemed <sighs> difficult to get through the second door. To me, everything just seemed difficult and was long. But when I opened the second door, that's when I realized it was daylight. I think it was stupid o'clock in the morning. It was and the light, the natural light, blinded me because I didn't know if it was day or night. And I just legged it. I just ran. I just ran. This was in Stretton, by the way. And I ran to my mum's house in Brixton. And I just ran. And when I got to the door, she burst out into tears and she said she thought I was dead.
0: Jesus
1: Christ. But that same night, my mum and my sister plotted to drug me up. So they put seven to 12 sleeping tablets in my hot drink. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did they tell you <laughs> why they did that?
1: Yeah, because I was on drugs and my mum knew I was heavy on drugs. By this time, my mum knew I was heavily on drugs, so she just wanted to get me... kid. Get- in fact, my my mum kidnapped me and my sister, when I think about it. So after... When I just... Because I, I, I didn't know where I was for a split second when I left the house in Streatham. And then when I got my bearings, I just ran. I just literally ran and I ran in between... The back roads. I didn't. Sh- I wasn't on that main street because I didn't know where this drug dealer was, and I just did all the back routes because I knew all the back routes because South London is my area. That's where I grew up. Even though I've got a Mancunian accent, I was born in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm around Northern people, so you can probably hear my accent. I actually, we moved from Manchester when I was about six, seven, to London. And we lived in Stockwell and then from Stockwell to Brixton, Brixton Water Lane. So I just ran to my mum's. Um, it took courage,
0: though. Which... Hmm? It took courage for you to do that. I, I was terrified, Grace.
1: I'm not going to lie. I was terrified. I was thinking they're going to catch me at the door and he's going to bat me in. I was thinking the minute I got out the second door and that natural light hit me, it, it blinded me a bit. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I was terrified. I don't know about courage, but I was terrified, but I needed to get out because I hated sex. So I was one person that didn't want to go and sell my body anyway to get and, you know, I I hated sex because what had happened to me at such a young age, that's the one thing I didn't do when I was using, and that was sell my body for drugs because it was taken from me. so it's a lot. Just the beginning, Grace. <laughs> It'll take more than an hour <laughs> to say to say what's been going on for me. So I do have a permanent twitch, okay. and that's something I have to live with. But yeah,
0: I'm just trying to process this. <laughs> Recently, a father was arrested for repeatedly burying alive his six-year-old daughter for lying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To him, it was punishment. This is really barbaric and um, severe in nature. When, When the police came, they charged him with three counts of aggravated assault, strangulation, unlawful restraint, false imprisonment of a minor, and endangering the welfare of a child. Do you think the father should be given the utmost punitive extent of the law.
1: Okay. First of all, the law in the UK, it can be really right and really wrong. So I can't really say, I can't really explain on the law for this father himself, me personally, my own personal opinion, I think it's wrong on so many levels because I don't think that's, I don't, I, you know, I think that is wrong. Strangulation. And I don't, I don't like the, to hear them things. This is a six-year-old child. child. yeah. You know, this is a child that's innocent. And a lot of adults have this power and the strength. They, they use that to their advantage and take advantage of the innocence. And I, I don't like to use the word hate, but I do hate it on such a level. Because when it comes to children, I'm so protective of children. Very protective of children, whether they're my own or somebody else's. She's six, Grace.
0: Yeah, she's just a it's, child.
1: It's, it's it's awful. The law and how the law works in the UK, it doesn't always. The law doesn't always. Yeah. Is was it your? Is it, is it um, proven? Guilty beyond reasonable doubt So you have to have Factual um... Evidence
0: Exactly which, which is there actually Because they yeah. actually saw the child
1: Yes, yeah. you see And what what angers me with the law In the UK is there's so many people That get away with it as well I'm glad he didn't But there's so many that have So for me to qu- um, comment on the law In the UK Unless you have that strong evidence a child doesn't have a voice. We have to be the voice for the children in
0: this in this community. Yeah,
1: and it's,
0: yeah. No, actually, it didn't happen in the in the UK. It happened in the US. Oh, is it? Yeah, in wow. um, Pennsylvania.
1: Oh, okay, it is,
0: it's something that something similar like happened in the UK, but it wasn't this um, grievous. It wasn't to this magnitude, you know. So it, that's you... why I asked the question. Okay. So, so, what should mothers of such children do? What should mothers of such children, as in, you know, your 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 the dad, maybe um, the mother of this particular child, what sh- should she have done, or what they, should she do?
1: Um, even though it's easier said than done, right? Because I know there's a lot of women out there that I work with that, when the child's been abused at the hands of the father so is the mother in most cases but for me personally I would have to speak out the mother should always speak out the mother should have brought a stop to it she gave birth to that child she carried that child for over nine months it's her duty as a mother as a parent grace to not even allow such things to happen to her child she brought into this world that's my own personal opinion somebody else would listen to this and probably think no shut up but that's my person. I'm very protective when it comes to children. We carry I, them, Grace.
0: Yes, I actually agree with you because we we gave it to them, carrying them for nine months, and then we nurture them, we take care of them. Exactly. So I, I actually agree with you, but in, in in a way, sometimes these women are too scared. Probably, it's possible that the man is aggressive or is violent as well to the, exactly. to, the to the mother.
1: Exactly. That's why I said what I said in the beginning. Nine times out of ten, the mother is probably like that with the the mother, with the woman. So she's probably scared. So even though, like I said, even though it's easier said than done, they're stuck. They're stuck. Or they can
0: be stuck because they're getting it as well. But like you rightly said, they should speak up. Even if they can't call the police there and then. They should speak to someone they trust who can call the police on their behalf. For this particular case, it was the siblings that actually called the police and reported what had happened. Okay. And um, when they came around to the house, they saw the child's reeking of, you know, soil and all sorts. So That's they knew awful. exactly. And then that she had bruises as well. So, you know, that was quite... Um, it, it was quite obvious that you know, the the dad did that to to his own daughter, and there was a, you know, enough evidence.
1: You know, it's it's sad to say that when I was growing up, me and my sister went through. I couldn't go and do PE because of the bruises. Okay. Okay. And we had to wear mini skirts. So rather than me wear mini, I didn't wear skirts. I wore trousers. i used to repeatedly get told off for but because of what me and my sister went through i couldn't go and do pe but back then back in the day um because people are making they, they they're getting things they're taking things out of context because of what we had gone through and in my era my days children were dying like flies okay but and the ones that were getting abused were just not didn't have a voice but this is where children of today are abusing the system we can't we've got to be careful because there's still abuse going on but you've got those children that are abusing the system and just want to call 999 or child the help child helpline and they're yeah. not we're not allowed to hit our kids so to speak okay I'm not saying whether hitting's right or wrong but to, to discipline the child of today a parent can be can get in more trouble than the child. It's all about the child, and there's a lot of children that are not in any abuse, but they're abusing the system and they're using the system to their advantage. How do we tackle this? I don't know, Grace. I don't know.
0: That's another. That's another topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. So, for this kind of um, child, should the child be taken into foster care or given to another relative, and why?
1: Oof, that's a good question, because I was thinking about that um it depends, and the reason why I say it depends. I always start off by saying it's better the child stays with family members, but if the family members are no better themselves, then it's a question of is foster care better for the child because when a child goes into the system of foster care, sometimes foster care is brilliant, and other times foster care is not so brilliant, so that is a what if question a what if answer you can't really say yes or no because some foster cares are fantastic and the children grow up and vibrant and are great and in others they're pulled into a so-called quote system and it's the worst thing that they would experience so that's a that, that i can't answer that question to say yes or no because there's two sides of the coin for that
0: so it's an either or Oh yes, basically, yeah. Yeah. So that leads me to my next question. Mm -hmm. Can abused children who grow to become adults ever forgive such perpetrators who unleashed such acts of violence or abuse? Hundred percent. I'm living proof. That's how I've been able to move forward. So can you just let explain to us how you arrived at this particular Um, I was so bitter for so
1: many years, Grace. And I think it was one of the counsellors that said, in order for you to move forward with your life, you have to let go of your past. You cannot change it. You have to be able to forgive. And I'm thinking, why should I forgive? I hate them. Eh." And cutting a very long story short, one of the counsellors broke it down in such a way. I thought, wow. And what she said is that perpetrator could have experienced abuse themselves as a child doesn't make it right but they could have experienced what I experienced and when I looked at it in that way I was easy it was it was it wasn't hard to forgive it took a while it didn't happen overnight Grace
0: exactly but, I was going to say yeah it, it didn't happen overnight. time
1: yeah. it took some serious time and effort but what I learned from that is I was able to live better and move forward in my life it's a it's I can't explain how it in order for you to grow and evolve as an individual for me, I had to forgive my perpetrators every single one. There's yeah. a hell of a lot of men, and also my mother, who I loved dearly, who passed away, but she had a part to play in it, but it wasn't her fault it wasn't I'm not going to sit here and say it was her fault no she had a lot of demons in her own life to deal with.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing. And um, have you ever come face to face with some of these perpetrators?
1: One of them. One out of the so many because I think it was after 10, after 10 men I'd lost count. So one of them I did come face to face and my heart was pumping like the clappers. It was, it wasn't, And this person was the only person I was terrified of as well. And I don't scare easily, but this one I was scared of as well. Um, He apologised as well. Hmm. And did he give you
0: reasons why he did what he did?
1: No, we didn't go into detail.
0: So when he apologised, were you much older then? Yeah. What did you say to him?
1: I just said it's okay. I didn't go, I, 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 how I speak now is not how I would speak back then. I said it's okay. If it was now, I would have gone into more detail and I would have asked, why did you do that? Hmm. I would have asked lots of questions. But at the time, I just said it's okay.
0: And then you released him because he apologised and you had forgiven him then. hmm So what advice would you give to women to rise above shadows of abuse? You have to love yourself. And
1: in order to love yourself, you have to learn to let go. And even though it's easier said than done, have you time, pray, meditate, but you have to learn to let go. Do research on letting go of what can't be changed and you've, you'll find a way to, to grow because it holds us, it, it becomes a burden and you can't live. You can't live, not not fully, not the, the maximum. Life is precious. Every day is precious. Every time we're awake, we should be grateful. So they have to learn to forgive, learn to let go and it is a process it's not
0: an overnight thing it takes time thank you so much Serena. you're welcome grace it was awesome having you here if um listeners want to get in touch with you how can they get in touch with you um i have a
1: facebook page and a private facebook group and i'm also on meetup the best way to get in touch with me is to just to go on my website which is Inner greatness.uk that's the best way to get in touch with me all my details are there Oh,
0: thank you so much Shereen. thank you for
1: having me Grace it was you're a welcome.
0: pleasure you're welcome so listeners self love is vital letting go of forgiveness is also very crucial for you to heal and aspire to be the best version you can ever be This has been Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza, with your host, Grace Sopper. Thank you. Be positive and take good care of yourself. If you have been affected by this news, kindly send an email or comment to Abuse at gmail.com. See you on our next episode. If you've got any questions or inquiries, you can get in touch rising above shadows of abuse at gmail.com or our social media platforms: rising above shadows of abuse at TikTok, rising above shadows of abuse, Twitter, rising above abuse, YouTube, rising above shadows of abuse.